Coming up on this episode of eScreen, also known as the unofficial spin-off to Serial, uh, I have some news about JC Chan, uh, Kai Ko, and Wong Kar Wai. Also, we'll be talking about what's happening in Hong Kong during Lunar New Year's. And a bit later, Paul will be talking about the Hong Kong film adaptation slash sequel to the TVB TV series, Triumph in Disguise. This is East Screen, West Screen with Paul and Kevin, where if films were food, they'd be full of it. And welcome to another episode of East Screen. This is the spinoff podcast, of course, of East Screen, West Screen. This is the show where we talk about films from Hong Kong, China, and other parts of Asia. As always, I'm your host, Paul Fox. And joining me from his news desk at Gate 42 of the Hong Kong International Airport is Mr. Kevin Ma. Hello, Paul. Hello, everybody. Hello. And let me say a quick gong hei fa choi, because we are, as we record this, in the midst of uh, Chinese New Year. What are we on? Uh, day two. Or Cho yes. Yi, as they uh, will say in the colloquial language. Uh, so, how's your how's your holiday going? Well, as you said, I'm I'm sitting here at Gate 42 of the Hong Kong National Airport, and I was at the lounge just now, and and I asked for you know a skim milk latte with uh, 50% boiled milk, and you know they couldn't give it to me, so I started a bit of a mess. So now I'm on the on the stand standby list of my flight, and I have no idea what to do, Paul. Mm, yeah, I guess you're just gonna have to. Have to play it by ear and and hope uh, that you can get seated. Uh, and maybe they'll give you an upgrade. Entitlement ain't easy. <laughs> ain't easy, Paul. Yeah, it's 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 definitely not. I, on the other hand, am sitting in the uh, the shadow of the mountain village that I live in, and I am uh, locked up in my house. And we plan to not go out or anywhere for uh, the next couple days, just trying to avoid the crowds and the traffic and all the other uh, shenanigans that tends to go on during this time of year. Uh, it tends, even though many of the shops are closed, the area we live in gets very, very active with uh, lots and lots of people and traffic. So the wife and I and our little one have decided to stay in. I'm um, spending the time catching up on movies and catching up on a bit of work and uh, just trying to relax until we all go back to work on Monday. Yeah, apparently everyone is staying at home because I was out in Jim Sartre today and you know, rarely so because usually I also stay home and I don't live in the village, but I also stay home during New Year's just, you know, because it's so rare to just sort of sit at home and relax. But in Jim Sartre today, everyone's just dragging, dragging suitcases or like foreigners um, or mainland Chinese tourists. And even the, the noodle restaurant next to Times Square, uh, I Square, sorry, I Square, had to put out tables on the streets, on the sidewalks to accommodate the tourists. Hmm. Yeah, the, some shops are, are still open uh, I'm always surprised at the number of shops that are open now compared to when I first came uh, some years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because, I mean, first of all, there's more tourist business. And, and yeah, just even in local neighborhoods. Yesterday, I was at Wan Tai Sin, um, the temple, and around, you know, most actually most of the eateries are open by, by afternoon, by noon. Yeah, yeah. So it is a busy time of year. Lots of, of course, uh, things happening. And, of course, lots of movies being watched because we are now in the midst of the 
Chinese movie, uh, Chinese New Year movie boom, I guess you could say. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be covering uh, some of those movies in greater depth, including a little bit later today. I'll be talking uh, a little bit later in this episode, and I'll be talking about uh, Triumph in the Skies, the movie version. But uh, before that, I think we're going to get over to Kevin and his news desk for a little bit of news. All right, this week, um, what well, do you still want to talk about New Year's? Um, it, it, it's okay, New Year's. Uh, two weeks ago, we were talking about um, what's out in cinemas and a little bit of update. I was at the cinema uh, across the street at home watching um, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, I'm not going to say that again, by the way. At, at around 10 p.m., two days before the new, new Year, and the event's ticketing line was crazy long. Like, I think, and, and more so than usual, because, um, yeah, during the holidays, the advanced ticketing line, of course, is going to be long, but I've never seen it this crazy. That's because there are seven movies, or, yeah, seven movies opening um, that opened yesterday here in Hong Kong, and in addition to the four local films, that's Triumph in the Skies, 12 Golden Ducks, um, the Inspector Calls, and, God, what's the fourth one? Vegas. Yeah, From Vegas to Macau 2. We also have um, uh, Shaun the Sheep, the film, uh, Doraemon, Stand By Me, which is the, the CG animated um, Doraemon film, which is especially popular, uh, unfortunately, due to the, the death of the dubbing artist who, who dubbed the, the Cantonese version of the film. Uh, so he saw so a lot of people are going in for the nostalgic factor. Um, and we also had... Madagascar, yeah, the Penguins Madagascar, and of course, uh, I watched Kingsman yesterday at the the cinema, and that opened a week before, and that's still doing extremely well. So a very, very, very joyous, joyous and festive time uh, at the cinemas here, Paul. Um, have you watched anything since uh, Lunar New Year, Paul? I know you watched Triumph in the Skies early at a preview show, but have you watched seen anything else? I've seen uh, Vegas to Macau, and we'll probably be talking about that on a future show. I've right. seen, uh, I saw Penguins during Christmas when I was back in the States, and uh, I love the Penguins. Uh, I love the Madagascar movies, and I, I like, I, I'm a big fan of a lot of, uh, I'd say most of the DreamWorks titles, um, so I really enjoyed it. I don't think it did very well. I, I, I think it's um, maybe perhaps not as popular as some of the other DreamWorks <laughs> movies, but I liked it a lot. I laughed, and I, I had a good time with it. Okay, so you haven't been to um, been to a uh, what you might call it a, a, a the cinema since the New Year. You, you, so you don't you, you can't you don't know what your your cinema is, is like in terms of crowds. No, yeah. I've been in the past, and um, I've I I don't think you know I I I prefer going when it's not quite as as a, a madhouse. You might say. I mean, it's easier here because you can go online and you can you can book seats uh, if you need to. But by this time a lot of the the choice seats are gone you know you might find the occasional single seat uh way on the side that's open for movies uh, during the weekend period or you can try and go to a a very unpopular cinema like the dynasty oh uh, even the dynasty is pretty packed during yeah, this time of year yeah, huh? they, they had a disclaimer on their website saying that you know please uh please come early because uh, we sell out very very quickly and they don't do online ticketing because uh, it's an older theater so yeah, it's it's a busy time of year for movies, um, but it's something that I think a lot of people like to do, or traditionally like to do, because it was one of the only things that used to be open. Uh, but when I went, we we went out to visit relatives on the first day, yesterday, and I was surprised. Fortress was open, 
Uh, a lot of the other big chain shops were open. I mean, business as usual for some of the big changes. It's usually some of the smaller, you know, independent mom and pop shops that are closed down for three or four days. Oh, definitely. I was at uh, was leaving Wan Tai Sin yesterday. Yeah, all these shops behind the temple, which is already mom and pop shops, all closed. The streets were all empty. So it's kind of like, um, and when I was back in in, in America uh, for Christmas, um, I it was very odd for me because I've always been in Hong, I've mostly been in Hong Kong for Christmas the last seven eight years, and, and I noticed that you know you know all, all the shops open because you know Hong Kong people don't celebrate Christmas the way that Americans celebrate Christmas or the ways that what people in the West celebrate Christmas. So when I was in the states. I, there was all the shops were closed, and I, even Jamba Juice was closed. And I'm like, I don't know if I can survive in a country where everything is closed for Christmas. Two months later, I come back to Hong Kong, and you know, all the mom and pop shops are closed uh, for New Year's. So I don't, you know, I just realized, okay, this is my own cultural, whatever. Yeah. Thing. Well, another one of the aspects too of uh, Chinese New Year is that uh, for us married folks, we have to go out and give away money to you unmarried folks whenever <laughs> you come up and give us a greeting. And uh, so I guess the real question is, though, is uh, do you think that uh, Jackie Chan is going to be uh, giving any red packets to his son, JC? <laughs> well, he is out of jail. So let's see what happens. And I guess that brings us to our um, our first news story this week. Um, JC Chan, the, the, the famous, I don't know what you call him, Paul Hall. I mean, son of Jackie Chan, the actor, the, the musician. Oh, this is sick with son of Jackie Chan. Um, he he finally was released from jail after his uh, drug use slash drug distribution conviction uh, from two months ago, I believe. Um, and yeah, he was released and he held an apology uh, press conference, as you know, many many and many uh, celebrities who've done time do, um, and apologize. And Jackie Chan's already gone into the media and said that he will help JC stage a comeback. Um, so it looks like I think JC would take some time off um, and come back maybe a little little bit later. Um, we still don't know what's going to happen with the films that he's done, uh, namely the uh, the Monk by Chen Kai Ge because he has a uh, apparently a, a strong enough supporting role in the film, um, and the film is even though post production should be finished by now, but there's still no word on when it's coming out because I'm guessing that they don't know what the censors want them to do. But meanwhile, a week before JC was released, um, Kai Ko, who was also at the Taiwanese actor, who was the star of You're the Apple of My Eye, he, he officially announced that he was going to be replaced in the cast of the family film Monster Hunt. Uh, I'm no Paul. If you remember last September or so in October when you went to the Broadway Cinema chain, there was a um a, 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 a odd Cinema Manners ad of a little CGI monster, and that there didn't there wasn't a movie title. It's just this weird monster telling you what you know, like oh, don't talk in the theater, don't smoke, don't talk on the phone, that kind of thing. Remember that? Yeah, I vaguely remember that. That was actually an ad for Monster Hunt. Uh, Monster Hunt is a is a film that marks the live action directorial debut of Ramen Hui, who uh, who I think directed the third Shrek movies, but worked on all three of them. Um, and it starred Kaiko and. Bye bye her, um, and it's about them taking care of the CGI monster, which you you saw in in the cinema. And the film was supposed to be out right now, uh, during New Year, but because of the Kaiko um, 
uh, scandal, the ads were immediately removed, uh, pretty much actually quite soon after that thing happened. And the film was quietly pulled from release. Now, a week ago, or a week before JC's release, Kaiko officially announced on his Weibo, uh, which is Chinese version of Twitter, that he was um, leaving the film and that he would be replaced by Jim Boron, who you might remember from um, The Guillotines or most recently Rise of the Legend. Uh, essentially, they will be reshooting all his scenes um, uh, to, you know, essentially remove him from the cast, and the film will be out later this year. So at least now we know what happened to one of the film, one of the films in that in that whole case, and the other film will be Tiny Times Four, which um, uh, director Guo Jingming has already said has been moved to the summer. Uh, it was also supposed to be out for New Year's. So that is the update on the J.C. Chan Gate. I suppose. Yeah. We still haven't gotten a Tiny Times 3, though, yet, have we? Not here in Hong Kong. We have not. And honestly, I don't really blame them. The first two films did not do especially well. And um, a lot of Hong Kong critics kind of joined the fun, uh, where, you know, a lot of mainland film critics were, were really hunting down this fil- these films. And Hong Kong film critics sort of jumped on that bandwagon. So um, it's very difficult to say whether we'll ever get the third film. So looks like I might have to also go to China to watch the fourth film. So I, I did go see the third film. Yeah. And it is as every bit tiny times as the first two movies. So yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing for you, Paul. Um, well, I think, I, you know, in the scope of the first two films, I like the first one a little bit better when the girls were still younger. And, and, and part of it was about when they were in college. And, and the second one just sort of became a, a very straightforward uh, you know, yuppie uh, comedy, I guess you, you, you would say. Um, I'm guessing third is more of the same. Yeah. Pretty much more of the same, but, you know, more sort of left field twist that if you read the novels, you know what's happening. Yet. But I doubt that any of our, <laughs> our readers have, you know, are fans of the novel. So uh, I guess they won't see what's coming. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess it uh, gives us uh, a couple things to look forward to in the future. So Monster Hunt um, is going to get reshot and any, you know, we can expect it when? Apparently later this year, but I'm not sure because, you know, because of the CGI monster involved and just because the director has, it seems to be more, you know, he's always trying to for some kind of CG slash you know, a CG live action human thing. I'm not sure how much of the special effects have been redone, and 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 it seemed like the film was taking pretty long this post production. So, um, not sure, but apparently it will still come out this year, perhaps at the end of the year or in sometime this summer. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I, I'm curious to see it. I mean, uh, especially if it's coming from someone involved with Shrek, which uh, you know I did like the Shrek series until it got a little bit tired towards the end. Uh, so yeah, it has to be something that I try and keep on my radar. I did uh, full disclosure, I guess I did do some uh, translation work for for the film when before all this started. It was a plot synopsis, which is why I kind of know what what the story is, and and, and it seemed like that this role would have a uh, 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 yeah. It seems like a lot of it would have to be reshot. Hmm. All right, you have a bit a little bit of news for us about uh, the Hong Kong auteur Wong Kar Wai. Altair. Um, yeah, Wong Kar Wai, um, I think everyone was kind of expecting or wondering what he was up to next. A few months ago, um, he, or the writer of the novel called 
um, I belong to you wrote on his Weibo that he was working with Wong Kar Wai on adopt, adapting one of his short stories, and uh, apparently it was a huge flop because he kept he kept sort of teasing his fans about working with Wong Kar Wai, working with Wong Kar Wai, and how he's writing in Wong Kar Wai, and how Wong Kar Wai brought him drinks and how they drank together and blah blah blah. And then then again, and then he finally announced that oh, Wong Kar Wai is just producing his film. Um, so that yeah, so Wong Kar Wai is going to be a, pro- a producer on the adaptation of um, a short story in I Belong to You, which is called Fairy Man. The film will star. Uh, Tony Leung Ka Fai. So obviously, I think Wong Kar Wai has some kind of hand in that. So after that bit of disappointment to his fans, you know, the fa- disappointment that he's not directing the film, not disappointment of the actual material. Um, uh, at, a, at, a, at a creativity uh, seminar in Shanghai uh, a couple weeks ago, Wong Kar Wai finally showed up and said, "Look, I'm I'm gonna work on a film. I'm gonna direct a film." He is attached to work on and i don't want to say direct or write or whatever because who knows right that he's going he's ad- attached there's a hollywood trade term attached that he's attached to adapt a novel called blossoms um a, a pretty sprawling uh novel that's uh set uh apparently over two time periods in shanghai from the 1960s to the 1970s around the cultural revolution and from the 1980s to the 1990s so um Wong Kai, who is who was born in Shanghai, is apparently going to be adopting this novel with while working with the author, the original author uh, Jin Yu Chen, on writing the script. So it seems very, it sounds very interesting because even Wong Kai said himself that it's gonna be it's a very sprawling story that says a lot about Shanghai, um, about the history of Shanghai, and since Shanghai is where it comes from, so it's it's gonna be very interesting to see how he takes on his native city and 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 how he's going to work these two periods sounds like there's a bit of um uh, in the mood for love vibe going on but then it also takes place in a modern time 80s to 90s so it's gonna be quite interesting um at the sem- same seminars of course uh shang the shanghai film group also announced that they will be work they're, they're attached to the new jajang ke film mountains may depart which was announced actually during Khan last year in uh, last May. So there are plenty of information about that already. And also, Choi Hak will be doing a Wuxia mystery film uh, that is sort of unlike the Detective D movies. And that's all we know so far because um, there's not much about this, but at least the project is confirmed and that Shanghai Film Group is attached. So, Paul, not a big Wang Kawai fan, right? I remember. Not a big Wang Kawai fan, no. Okay, so I guess not really kind of covered. This this project doesn't sound like you covered to you either. Well, you know, uh, I'll give anything a chance if uh, you know maybe he can make it as interesting as he did uh, the Grandmasters. But uh, I have a feeling that I'll probably be able to watch uh, Jan Fan's Color Blossoms about a thousand times uh, at least before he gets around to releasing this thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, the, the news about Soy Hark, uh, you know, I think people want more Detective D and especially want Andy Lau as Detective D. So I don't know why we're not getting that. I, it would seem like that um, from teaser of the end credits of Young Detective D, um, it seemed like Trey Hark was more interested in extending that portion of the franchise than the Andy Lau portion of the franchise. Because I guess when you go back, there's so much more different cases you can go with, except, you know, because the, the, the first movie, I'm not saying that they, they, they've they cut off all possibility of a sequel in that one, but 
I think the character dynamics of the prequel is a little more interesting because of the push and pull relationship between the her essentially his boss, the the Empress, and and him. And I guess there are more cases, and the cast is cheaper to work with because Andy Lau is so expensive and so busy. Yeah, but he's worth it. And come on, they left Detective D on kind of a cliffhanger. I mean, not not to spoil it, but it is a couple of years old, and I mean, they left it with a major plot thread unresolved that needs some resolution. Come on, I mean, at least give us one more movie. <laughs> it, I guess, got to ask Andy Lau. Yeah, yeah. I'll call. I'll call him up after. Yeah. Okay, you do that. <laughs> <laughs> T- tell him I have lunch with him next week, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll confirm that you guys have employment. Yeah. I think he asked for reservations. All right. Uh, anything else uh, that you want to bring to the news desk? Anything on the horizon? Any other bits of news we should be aware of? Well, I was going to start singing a Lunar New Year song, but let's not do that. But I guess a, a, a note to our viewers, the, the new Michael Wong EP, Airways of Love, is now out in store. So ah, yes. including um, fine online retailers like Yes Asia. Buy it. So, yes. buy it now. Buy it in bulk. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our news. Now let's quickly uh, take a short musical interlude and we'll be back with our review. We are back, and it's time for our film review this week, and that is the Chinese New Year film for 2015, Triumph in the Skies. So this is based off the famous TVB series, actually two series, a part one and a part two, that were filmed uh, about 10 years apart. Triumph in the Skies, the film, tells the story of three airline captains and their romantic entanglements. When the uh, airline known as Skylet is taken over by a new company, the new CEO, Branson Chung, played by Louis Ku, commissions Skylet's top captain, uh, Samuel Tong, played by Francis Ng, to serve as a consultant for a new commercial campaign. In doing so, he gets assigned to work with uh, an artist named TM, uh, played by Sammy Cheng, who's really a rude rocker with kind of a bad attitude. Branson himself crosses paths with Cassie, played by Charmaine Che, an old flame from his past, Meanwhile, uh, during a private jet charter, uh, the famous ex-Skylet pilot, Captain Cool, played by Julian Chung, meets Kinka, uh, Kika, a spunky young girl with a mysterious st- side and a, a slightly mysterious background. So that is the plot synopsis in a nutshell. And uh, as I said, this is the sequel to two TVB series, the first one being produced and released on TV in 2000 and three and the second one in uh, 2013 um but really this is a sequel in name only with a very few exceptions 
the first being Captain Samuel Tong, Francis M. He appeared in both series, and this is a continuation uh, of his character. And uh, we see right from the start, he lives alone with a dog. Uh, my question is, who takes care of it when he flies? Uh, the dog is a new character, I guess, although he's sort of only just a, uh, an extra, because he doesn't really do much in the film. And he was not in either of the television series. In fact, in the television series, Samuel Tong lived with, uh, at, at certain points, he lived with his parents. He lived with his brother, um, Isaac, who was played by actor Ron Mm. And uh, so, you know, they, they, they kind of all worked for the airline and worked at the airport. And so it made sense that they all kind of kind of lived together for a while. They are nowhere in the picture. So it's just Captain Tong by himself and his lonely, lonely dog when he flies to the UK, I guess. Um, <laughs> Probably he only flies to UK route, which is very yeah. odd. Well, going, going by the... the first series so the first series from what i recall it's been a long time I, I i watched this when it aired back in 2003 um and then i watched it again when it was released on dvd uh, a couple years later the first series they do some shooting in rome i think in italy right. so whatever and it was a different airline uh in that series i can't remember which airline it was um but well, yeah that, that one they went to rome then in the second series uh, he joined skylet um, and then they went to both the UK and they went to Paris. Um, so they had some location shooting there and I guess that's the, the routes that they flew. Uh, so I here, just remember by the, uh, by the sponsor airlines, you know, at first it was, I think it was Cathay and yeah, then was, the second series was, Cathay was, um, a Hong Kong airlines, I think in the, yeah. In Hong the Kong airlines. Series. So yeah, so he's, he's probably the staple character that's been uh in all three series uh the only one who appears here and uh, we do get uh, kenneth ma and elena kong who are back as roy and heather uh, they had uh, a long-running plot line in the second series and they reprise their characters here they touch on part of their plot line but they never really go anywhere with it which i was very very disappointed in uh, we also get captain cool or Captain Ku, uh, also known as Jaden, uh, Julian Chung, who joined uh, in the second series and was a very, very popular character. Um, and if I remember correctly, he left Skylet at the end of the series. And in this film, he's working for uh, a competitor, which I think is called United Plus. Um, Jet Plus. Jet Plus, yeah, Jet Plus. And I'm thinking of like JetBlue and United and getting all my airlines confused. Uh, so yeah, it's, I think he's working for Jet Plus um, as a commercial pilot, um, you know, in small commercial jets. Uh, and he, he was basically jet setting young rich kids around uh, to party and stuff. And that's how he kind of meets the character, his love interest. Uh, we get a new characters in the form of uh, Charmaine Shea as Cassie and uh, Louis Ku as Branson. And I guess the naming there is that he's supposed to be a bit like Richard Branson, except he's here called Branson Chung. And uh, he is both CEO and captain, which I didn't know was a <laughs> thing you could do. So he both owns the airline and he flies the planes for the airline. So that's which a new one. That makes me very worried about the safety of Skylet when yeah. you let your boss sort of, who is apparently, who, who is established as like the dangerous 
stunt flyer yeah, in a he, film. He does, some, does some stunt flying in the film. And here, too, is one of the things that I think is, is different about the TV series. I mean, a lot of people like to lambast TVB for their very low production values and, and their cheap overall look and, uh, you know, repetitive writing. And all that stuff can be true. I do tend to like TVB a little bit more than most people. I think a lot of their stuff's not very good, but every once in a while they come out with a series that I that I enjoy and my wife enjoy watching it. And both series one and series two of Triumph in the Skies were, were that way. And they had much higher than normal production values because they did a lot of location shots. They um, actually got a lot of the actors down in Australia in little like Piper planes for training. And you see them, um, you know, actually flying. They're flying sort of in a co-pilot seat, of course, but they're, they're actually there up in the air. Here we're showing us some shots of Lewis, um, but a lot of it is not Lewis from from what it looked like. Um, so uh, we're, we're, we're not not a lot of the same attention to detail here in the film. And and again, it's a film versus a TV series, so the budget's completely different, and I understand that. Um, we're also given a new character in the form of Sammy, who is the main love interest now for uh, Captain Tong, uh, Francis M character, Francis Francis M's character. And she's like a rude kind of punk rocker, but she's not really punk. She's kind of like fashionable punk, I guess. And um, she's brought on to promote this commercial for Skylet, and he has to be the consultant. And um, she already dislikes him to begin with because she was late for a plane, and he ended up taking off being the captain. He made the call, and so uh, she, uh, she, she holds a grudge against him. Uh, of course, uh, I guess I guess that's a a reasonable plot point, right? I mean, holding a grudge against a plane captain rather than the airline itself. Uh, but the, you know, the two of them start off as sort of the odd couple and end up coming back together. The problem here is, I think that that's the most unbelievable relationship of the three for me because of the history of his relationships in series one and series two. Um, he had a very in-depth relationship with uh, uh, Mioli Wu, um, who was who played a character named Zoe in the first series, and it had uh, uh, it was sort of very long and drawn out. I think it was like forty episodes, and it just doesn't. And then he has a relationship, of course, with a new character in series two, and then neither of those are even brought up or mentioned here. It's like this is a Samuel Tong who now lives in a bubble and has no baggage with him. Um, and his, uh, the way he dealt with and the way he saw relationships in the previous two series um, seemed to fit with the character, but this relationship that he has with Sammy seems totally out of place and seems totally not to fit with the character. It's almost like they're, this is just, uh, he's playing the same character, but he's not playing the same character in a sense because it's a, it's a big jump. Um, in these terms. So um, those are the main characters of the film. Those are pretty much the only characters you see in the film. Uh, as I mentioned, um, we do get uh, uh, the, the character Kika, and the actress's name is escaping me. She's uh, she's actually from Tiny Times. Um, Amber Quill. Yeah, Amber Quill, um, who comes in and, and has a relationship with, with, with Jade and Captain Koo, also a little bit out of place because she's kind of playing sort of like a very young Charlene Choi twins 
uh, kind of, uh, you know, charming young girl attitude, which was not something that really would have been attractive. It was, was, was attractive to this character in the context of the, the second series when, as he's introduced, he's shown as a playboy. He's shown as somebody who's, you know, who likes going after lots of different women and, uh, the relationship that he strikes up here just seems kind of odd and, and forced. So with this film, if you are uh, coming to it fresh, uh, what you end up getting, I think, is you get a fairly average romantic anthology. Uh, nothing exciting, uh, nothing that you have right, probably haven't seen before, and, 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 and nothing that you're going to probably want to re repeat watch uh, more than once. If you are coming to this like I did uh, as a fan, you're going to be really disappointed. And in part, I have to go through the dishonorable non-mentions here uh, because these were significant characters from the series who had no mention, were not touched on, not even given a word of, of, of mention in passing. And as I said, Isaac Tong, Sam's brother, who he lived with, who he helped train all throughout the first and second series, uh, Ron Mm. I guess they didn't like Ronham or they didn't want to hire him. Um, <laughs> Summer Koo, um, who is played by Mioli Wu, who was a doppelganger from Zoe. Uh, Zoe was Sam's romantic interest in the first series. And Summer Koo plays a girl who looks like Zoe in the second series. And it, you know, causes some confusion. She also happens to be Jaden's sister, Captain Koo's sister. And they have a very uh, kind of strong dynamic relationship by the end of the series. No mention of her. She's nowhere in the picture either. So Captain Koo's just flying solo, doesn't care about his family either. Uh, Sam's parents, um, who were both in the first series, but not in the second. Um, his friend Vincent, who was a fellow pilot uh, from the first series, but wasn't in the second. Uh, Flora Chan, who was a romantic interest in the first series. The Tri-Angel. If you know what the Tri-Angel is, it means you watch both series and you probably don't have a life like me. Uh, none of that. <laughs> Get meant, gets mentioned here. None of it's brought into play or brought to bear. Um, of course, the biggest black hole in this plot, though, is the complete lack of a mention of a character named Holiday, who was the major love interest between both Sam and uh, Jaden's character. Uh, they, they, it was a love triangle that spans pretty much the length of the series between these two, and there's not a single mention of her uh, for either of these characters' plot lines throughout the series, which, it, it, as we, I think, mentioned in the last episode, uh, there's a reason why she's not here, and it goes to, uh, I guess, the working relationship between Francis M and Fala Chen, who played Holiday, which is fine, I get that, but at least the writers could have put in a simple sentence saying, oh yeah, Holiday, this is what happened to her, X, you know? Uh, insert plot point here. We don't get any of that. I, I, I think there might have been one attempt to make a reference to her with um, um, one of the supporting cast, Ocean Zoo, who was also in the, uh, in, in the second series. She had a very small part in the first or second episode. And I think that uh, she makes reference to a scene uh, perhaps, but I, I, it's been a while since I, since I watched it. So, uh, that might not be referencing holiday. It might just be referencing another girl, but yeah, there's no mention of her. Very, very disappointing. So as I said, if you're coming to this as somebody looking for 
um, a building on the the characterizations established by uh, these two big characters in the second series, you're not going to get any of that. Uh, as a result, the most cohesive story here really is the Louis Coup and Charmaine plot. And again, that's no real great shakes. It's really kind of using romantic plot cliches, you know, young couple, um, you know, wants to spend their lifetime together and something keeps them apart because of, you know, family duty and honor and, and this kind of thing. And then they kind of reunite once again as they're older and try and deal with these issues. It, it it's the most interesting, I would say, for me of the three. Jaden's love interest, as I said, doesn't really fit. Francis and Sammy, I think, have zero chemistry in this. The, 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 you know, they try and get Francis to, like, dance with Sammy in a couple scenes. Just doesn't really work. Um, quite a lot of musical montages. Um, Sammy sings a rendition of Over the Rainbow, which... <laughs> not very good, nothing very inspired. I'll, I have to admit, I'm not a huge Sammy fan. I mean, I loved her back in, um, you know, um, the, the two Andy Lau movies. Uh, Actually, me, I have to add help that. Help me out, that, Kevin. What? The, the two Andy Lau Andy movies. Lau movies? Uh, needing You and uh, Love one. on a Diet. Yes, yes. Needing You and Love on a Diet. I, I, uh, I really have to, I, I know I shouldn't be reviewing movies, but I have to add that in, in the West... And I don't know if I'm mistaken, isn't Over the Rainbow still an iconic, you know, gay anthem? It, isn't uh, it odd that you have these these British hippies, like, not hippies, but, you know, these rockers, like, like hipsters, music hipsters, going, hey, let's get together and sing a rock rendition of Over the Rainbow. Maybe, I don't know. I, it, it, it I just, I just thought it was really... I'm not a music odd. guy, so that's... Uh... It's but it is a gay spectrum. anthem, apparently. I mean, at least in America, in the states, is a gay I know the, anthem. I know the rainbow imagery is um, yes is is an icon for the for the gay community. So this could you know it, that that makes sense if the the song is also an aspect of that. Uh, but yeah, a lot of musical montages, a lot of Francis and Sammy playing phone tag, where like Sammy photographs herself in some place in London, and then Francis goes and finds it. You know, based on the photograph that you know she has sent him on his phone, um, so yeah, it 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 does get the tone right. I mean, again, the series was a lot about travel and visiting foreign locations and falling in love, and so that's kind of here. Um, but the only characters that really seem on in terms of who they were in the series are uh, Roy and Heather. Um, as, as I mentioned before, Kenneth Ma and, and Lana Kong. And they're really only given two, I mean, less than two minutes of, of screen time in total, I think. Um, they could have just called this Young Pilots in Love, really, and started a new, a, you know, a new property and, and, and gone with it. And I think, uh, I got to imagine that for fans of the series, word of mouth is going to be pretty terrible and, and hit this film hard. Uh, there is a standard Chinese New Year montage at the end, you know, so we get the main cast kind of coming up during the credits roll and wishing everybody, you know, gong hei fa choi and, and, and all that's here. And we get a shot of, also during this time, the three captains clowning around. So that is CEO slash captain, uh, Branson Chung, Louis Ku, and Francis Ng, and uh, Captain Ku kind of like running through the hall, playing tag, laughing. That's the only time they're really together, though. There's a couple scenes with each where there's one and one. Uh, Francis and Louis Ku's character, who had a lot of screen time together in the second series, don't have any screen time together outside of that scene. 
So it's usually Lewis Koo with one or the other. And in part, it's because the two airlines are um, different airlines until the end when like there's this huge merger that's kind of a subplot running through it that it, it could have been made very, very interesting. I mean, getting into the politics of, you know, commercial mergers and, and airlines and how it affects travel and these kinds of things would have been probably a lot more interesting than a lot of the wandering around and musical montages that we got. Um, so it, I, I, I guess this means that now that they're Sky Plus or, or whatever the, the new airline, airline is called, that Jaden is back on the roster with Sam. So if we get a sequel to this in a TV show format in another, what, 10 years? So 2023, 2024, um, you know, will we see <laughs> Francis and, and uh, Jaden back together? It's, it's doubtful. I don't think Francis would probably do another TV series. But, uh, you know, we can only wonder. Uh, stranger things have happened. Um, but by the end of this whole thing, I, I think a lot of it's meaningless because if we do get a third series, if Francis in, is in it, if, um, if uh, Jade and Julian Chung is in it, I, you're not going to see Sammy. Um, you're not going to see Louis Koo doing it. So it's kind of pointless. Like, you know, all that we're shown here is kind of pointless. Maybe will they, will they do a sequel movie? I don't know if it makes enough money. But um, I've got a strong feeling it's not going to do well because I think that the backlash from fans is going to going to be pretty bad. But I, I could be wrong. Um, the go the good thing is that the song, the theme song from the first series by Eason is back, um, and that's a plus because um, that is very very indicative of the original series, and it's a very great it's a, it's a really good song. Uh, and if you I don't know, if you listened during the break, um, that's that's uh, you heard part of that theme. And uh, when every anytime I hear it, I used to listen to it when I'd travel back to the States and I'd get on the bus heading to the airport. So it always kind of builds in me that nostalgia of going to uh, Hong Kong International Airport and getting ready to fly. So uh, that that's a good point that they did spend the money to get the song back. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, on its own, it's a very kind of bland, romantic anthology. If you've not seen the series one or series two, you don't need to see either of those. In fact, don't. Uh, watch this first, and then you'll be kind of mildly entertained. And then when you've got a lot of free time on your hands, go back and, you know, uh, check out the series because they're both better than average uh, shows for TVB dramas. Uh, they're long. I think the first one is like 40 episodes. I think the second series was like 30 or so. So it's, you know, you've got quite a bit of viewing time there. Um, but it's uh, pretty pretty entertaining and much higher budget than a normal TVB series. Uh, so for the film, yeah, I'd say eh, you know check it out if you've got nothing better to do. Um, for a New Year's movie, it's really it really doesn't feel like strong a strong New Year's movie. Um, it's it's definitely kind of on the side. Uh, other like I said, other than the the montage we're given at the end. Um, there's not a whole lot that evokes a kind of New Year's feeling. So I'd say, yeah, get to it if you can and if you're interested in these actors. Uh, but if you're a fan, be warned, it's not going to make you very happy. East Green, West Green. 
All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Screen Podcast. And uh, if you would like to be part of the show, you can get in touch with us via the website at concast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Twitter, at uh, also at concast. And our email is eastscreen at gmail.com. So if you'd like to ask us a question, drop us some comments, some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Uh, Kevin, where can folks keep up with you and all that you're doing? Um, well, I uh, I write for Film Business Asia on a daily basis. You can find that at uh, www.fimbiz.asia. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I am at the Golden Rock. That's one word, the Golden Rock. Um, where else you can find us at the East Screen West Screen um, uh, po- uh, podca- podcast fa- Facebook page, um, which is I think. Let me let me look up that. Okay, it's www.facebook.com slash East S west s that's one one letter or one word east s west s uh yeah anywhere else i don't know where to find myself paul yeah well you know <laughs> just do a search for uh, kevin ma and uh, i'm sure all the relevant links will come up including his uh, criminal background oh oh no no i always get mistaken I've, I've already been mistaken three times for the guy who founded hypebeast so i want to actually i want to make this clear i did not find hypebeast so you want me to write about any fashion or or help you get a, a leg up in the fashion world i can't help you because i am not that kevin ma he's a much more accomplished kevin ma that is not on social media apparently mm. so once again i am not kevin ma of hypebeast i am the less successful one who hosts who hosts this this superiorly superior podcast <laughs> all right well yeah we'll love as i said we'd love to hear from you if you want to drop us a line our next show episode 156 uh we're going to be continuing on through the chinese new year films um so all of that and more on our next show until then this is the east screen podcast saying fasten your seatbelts, and we'll see you next time see you next time everybody